The holidays are the best time of the year. Wrong. Okay, well maybe not completely wrong. But can we just talk about how many difficult and stressful things we have to deal with around the holidays? Today we're gonna to talk about the shit that nobody likes to talk about. From winter blues, to dysfunctional family gatherings, financial setbacks, and food guilt. We are going to lay it out on the table, talk about what it's like going through these things, and ways to combat them. My name is Carissa Brown, and you're watching the Self-Care Conversations Podcast. I wanted to start the first topic off with one that I know so many of you guys can relate to, and that's the winter blues, also known as seasonal depression. If you don't know what seasonal depression is, it's basically depression related to the changes in the season. You'll begin to feel the depression around the start of a season, and then it will slowly go away towards the end, and it comes back that same time every year. Even though I've never personally dealt with seasonal depression, Back in high school, I was diagnosed with major depression disorder, and I like to think that I've experienced somewhat of seasonal depression, except it's every season. <laughs> I feel like in the wintertime, it's so much easier to get down on yourself and to feel unmotivated. It's cold outside. You're getting towards the end of the year where you're just like, fuck this, I'm absolutely done. I'm ready to kickstart another year. We're exhausted looking back on all the things we did and did not accomplish throughout the year, while also at the same time trying to live our lives, keep a roof on our head, not go insane. If anything, all of the negative emotions that come around the holidays may be a reason why you have seasonal depression. <laughs> totally kidding. I'm not diagnosing anything. I take that back. <laughs> but my point being is that there are a lot of stressful things that happen around the holidays and happen around the winter season. Whether you have seasonal depression or not, I think that a lot of people can relate to this feeling of being exhausted, fatigue, maybe having a little bit more social withdrawal. And I know that this winter season, I have definitely been feeling a little bit of hopelessness. So you're not alone if you're feeling that as well. I notice that I start to get more sad around my menstrual cycle. And so I like to use what I do around my menstrual cycle also with seasonal sadness. Around this time, I like to really prioritize things that make me happy. If you find yourself feeling more down in the winter months, maybe it's not the time that you want to make all of these big goals. Maybe it's not the time that you want to run a marathon or try something completely new or quit your job and start a business. If you know that you are more sad in a season of your life, you can literally alter the things that you do around that season to help you get through it. I'm not saying that it's going to make it better 100%, but it will help you cope with dealing with sadness around that specific time. A coping skill that I have developed in the last few months to deal with when I'm feeling sad has been reading. And I'm not talking about a self-development book. Put the learning away. It is time to find something that you actually enjoy. I pick up a fictional book that I enjoy right now. It's been a lot of Colleen Hoover. It zones me out. It's a great coping mechanism. Whatever it is that gives you joy, maybe it's something that you've done in the past that you feel like you don't have a lot of time to do nowadays. Let's try to prioritize that. Try, try to prioritize things that make you happy in the season that you're feeling sad. It will help you feel a little better around those times of loneliness. Another thing I want you to do is remember that this is temporary. The good thing about the winter blues is well, just that. It's in the winter. It's only for this season of time. If you're feeling sad around the holidays for whatever reason, just know that it's temporary and it will go away. I think it's so easy for us to want to get rid of all of our negative emotions and get rid of every sadness that we feel, whether it's around the holidays or any other time of the year. But sometimes just acknowledging that you feel that sadness and just sitting with it for a second, it can really help you embrace it 
to be able to move on from it. I'm definitely somebody who avoids. That is definitely a coping mechanism that I've had since I was a child. I like to avoid confrontation so that I don't have to deal with it, which in the end just brings on more anxiety because eventually you will have to deal with the confrontation. So not trying to run away from how I feel and actually sitting in it for a second and acknowledging I feel sad right now and that is okay. Give yourself that permission to feel that way. I promise you it will be 10 times easier to be able to let that feeling go and move on from it. But we can't do that unless we acknowledge the feelings that we are having. My next tip might tickle some feathers, especially because it's not as easy to just do these things, specifically when you're feeling sad. When I tell you, if I do not prioritize my habits and routines, when it comes to a sad period or a sad season in my life, I am so much more miserable. It has been scientifically proven that your physical wellness affects your mental wellness. And I definitely, definitely agree. And I have experienced that firsthand. I truly believe that movement is medicine. And that is a habit that I have to stick with, specifically when I'm feeling more down, because that's when I need it the most. I have a trick when it comes to sticking to and creating routines. And that is a good routine and a bad routine list. Basically, you plan out two different routines. A routine for what you're going to do if you have a bad day and you have a low mental health day, you're not feeling so hot, but you still want to get things accomplished. I have the absolute bare minimum on this routine list. It's going to be things like get up and brush my teeth, go for a long walk with Ellie, Ellie's my dog, eat three meals. I do the absolute bare minimum while still taking care of myself. On those days, I don't get a workout in, but I make sure that I at least get a 30 to 45 minute walk in with my dog. One, because she needs it, but two, because movement is medicine and this is going to help me feel better in the end. It's okay if I don't have the mental capacity to get up and lift a million fucking weights, but what's not okay is neglecting my mental health by not moving my body, knowing that every time that I do so, I feel better afterwards. So then you have your good routine list. Now this is like, your alter ego. Of all of the habits that you wanted to hit in a day, you're gonna write it on this list. I hit everything on that list, or at least almost everything on that list, on the days that I feel good because I have that bad day routine list. Having a good and a bad day routine list is so good if you struggle with your mental health. I highly, highly recommend it. Now the next topic I wanna talk about correlates with the winter blues because it may be a reason why you're feeling down during the holidays. And maybe that's because you have to deal with dysfunctional family events. Having to see your family around the holidays for a lot of people can be a really great thing. And for me, it's a great thing too, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't give me anxiety. It doesn't mean that it doesn't stress me out. I've had so many people tell me about how much they are not looking forward to having to see their families on the holidays. Whether that's because we have different political views, different morals, or maybe our personalities just have never mixed and you feel this obligation to be around them during the holidays. Or maybe you're the people pleaser in your family and nothing confrontational happens to you around the holidays, but everything confrontational happens around you and you feel like you just have to sit there and feel all those negative emotions. Or maybe you're in a family of narcissists where everything has to be about them and when you see them around the holidays, it's just a competition of who can do better than each other. Whatever the reason is for why you're feeling a little bit of anxiety about being around your entire family for Christmas or for the holidays, I totally get it. 
and it's not something that I feel like a lot of people want to talk about. We're supposed to be so grateful for our families around this time of year. We're supposed to be so joyful and so happy, especially because a lot of them, let's face it, we don't really see them other than once a year. But I know that there's a lot of you out there that that one or two times a year that you have to see those toxic family members, it can drive you fucking insane. I think about when I was a child and how the holidays were versus now that I'm an adult. And it's really interesting how I'm going through this transitional period of how I see how different things are. And I kind of see things that I wasn't able to see when I was a child. I always looked forward to the holidays as a small child. I have five cousins that I would always be around. And it was honestly something that I always looked forward to. But as I got older, I started to kind of see how every holiday it would end up with my family fighting each other but then as I got older I would start to feel really uncomfortable going to these family functions around the holidays it really felt like none of us were there to enjoy each other it kind of just felt like everybody was trying to tear each other down and it was a competition to see who was better than who who was doing more than who who was making more than who and that was just so exhausting for me and no one ever did anything to me specifically because I am that people pleaser that kind of just sits there and lets everything happen around them and I kind of take it in I'm that person that everybody comes to advice for because one, I keep secrets, I don't like to gossip, and two, I'm never arguing with anyone, so everybody always wants to come to me. But they don't realize that I never argue with anyone because I don't gossip and because I don't do these things that you are literally doing to me. <laughs> so fast forward to when I was 18 and this was the year that I had had enough. 18 was probably the hardest year of my life up to this point. I'm 25 years old and that was by far the hardest year for me. My cousin and I were so fed up with everyone bickering, everyone putting each other down. We were honestly over it. So we decided to go to a bar instead. <laughs> we ended up going to the Green Turtle and when I tell you I took six peppermint shots and I blacked out after that. I think I had a few drinks with it and that was like the second time that I had ever blacked out and that's when I realized how much I didn't want to ever do that again. And from that day on, I have never had another full family functioning. Because looking back on it now, I'm like, girl, you were literally blacked out in a bar on Christmas. Like, is that worth my mental health suffering? Is, is pleasing my family and going to these family functions, is that worth me wanting to go to a bar and black out? No, it is literally not worth that. And now that I'm an adult, I can have the power and the confidence to say, I don't wanna go or I can't go. Now that I'm married, it's 10 times easier. <laughs> and this isn't to say that I don't love my family. I actually love visiting all of my family, but I like visiting them separately because then they're not at each other's necks. So I like to visit them on their own when I can just enjoy them and we don't have to be in this like really toxic environment, you know? But I chose to protect my inner peace and I chose to protect my mental health by not showing up. So this is your reminder that if you have a choice, which most of the time, if you're an adult, you have a choice. It's just whether or not you're willing to make the right choice. If seeing certain people over the holidays gives you more anxiety than it does excitement, don't do it. Don't go. Now I understand that everyone's situation is different 
and um, for example if you have like a husband where you don't like his family and you have to go to see his family during the holidays like that's where you create boundaries with your husband and you discuss like how you're going to approach that situation personally I've never had to specifically deal with that but it all comes down to your boundaries and if you do want to be the bigger person and you do want to show up to these family functions you want to show up and you want to try to just get through it something that I like to remind myself is that hurt people hurt people and people ask for love in the most unloving ways and having that perspective when I go into the holidays when I am around toxic people or people with toxic traits may I say it really helps ground me to understand that they're not being disrespectful or rude to me because of me this is all their inner work that they have not done and that's what kind of helps me brush it off my shoulder and move on, honestly. Now, something else I know a lot of us can relate to, especially if you're in your mid-20s like me, or honestly, if you just live in America right now, and that's financial setbacks around the holidays. Oh, the struggle is real. First of all, I just got married in October, and before you think that having a fall wedding is the absolute most amazing thing in the world, well, first of all, it is. It is the most amazing thing in the world. But with that being said, you will be broke. You will be so broke. And you know what comes right after an October wedding? The holidays. And you know what I didn't plan ahead on doing to save money? Buying holiday gifts months in advance like I usually do, and it works out beautifully. But I didn't do that this year, and now I am forced to kind of have to understand and accept that I will not be gift giving this year, and that is okay. And if I am gift giving, they're very small things because I am in this season of my life where I am shit broke, and I'm tired of feeling embarrassed about that. Like, isn't everyone poor in their mid-20s? I just had a conversation with one of my friends the other day about how much guilt and pressure that we have to feel to gift give around the holidays. And even if we buy something that's between 10 to $20, because let's face it, you can barely find anything for $5 nowadays, not even in five below. And if you add up 10, 20 people in your family, that is a lot of money. A lot of money that a lot of people don't have right now. My mother is the absolute best gift giver that you will ever find. She will find a way to get you a gift that is not only sentimental, but it's also like something that you didn't realize that you absolutely needed and wanted for your entire life. She's just always been such a great gift giver and that is clearly her love language. She loves to give gifts. But something that I kind of struggled with, my love language is not giving gifts, but yet I felt this immense amount of pressure as an adult to like be an amazing gift giver like her. Like I have to be as good of a gift giver as her. I have to make sure that I'm getting everybody everything that they want. It needs to be better than all the gifts. Two years ago, I told Justin, this year I'm gonna be the best person to give all the gifts. Like everyone's gonna remember our gift because we're gonna have the best gifts to give. And now that I look back at it, I'm just like, wow. Do you even know how many credit cards I used to get everyone all of those gifts? Do you even know how much money I didn't have to get these gifts that people probably honestly forgot about a few years later? I want you to tell me right now what your Aunt Becky got you four years ago on Christmas. Go. You don't remember. You do not remember, bitch. Don't tell me that you remember because I know you don't remember. And that's what I'm saying. Why do we spend so much time and put ourselves in a financial burden to give gifts 
when most of the time people aren't even going to remember that you got them that gift. Not to mention, unless you're dealing with a bunch of narcissists, a DIY gift is just as good as one that you buy at the store. Maybe I want to put more time into creating gifts for my family and friends rather than money. The time is what's really going to be valued because when you know that somebody put their time into a gift, I don't know, I just feel like that means so much more than just money. Like you can always earn more money, but you can never get back time. And if somebody's spending the time to do something for you or to gift you something that they're putting their energy into making, I just feel like that's so much more beautiful, not only for your heart, but for your motherfucking wallet. <laughs> Or you can just do the super, super mature thing that a lot of people don't do, including myself. But I, I'm working on it now. I'm working on it now. But you always could just tell the truth. Family and friends, please understand that I am broke as a motherfucker this year and I will not be accepting any gifts nor giving this year. Thank you. Good night. See how easy that was? Sometimes being honest, people really appreciate that shit. If you tell them straight up, look, I don't have money to give you a gift. Please don't give me a gift. Let's just not give each other a gift. Let's give each other our presence. Let's give each other our time. Spending time together on the holidays. That's what we're gonna give each other because I'm broke, girl. I'm broke. Just be honest. You do not know how many people relate to you and how many other people are dealing with the same shit that you're dealing with. Do you know how many times I was embarrassed to say that I don't make six figures simply because I'm an influencer? Simply because I'm an influencer. I am so embarrassed to say that I haven't made six figures yet being an influencer because it's known as this super flashy job and everybody seems super rich. So saying that I make under six figures, I was embarrassed about that. But when I started to actually talk about it, I started to realize how many influencers are actually in the same exact predicament as me. How many people are relating to my situation. I promise you, you do not have a single original feeling out there. Not a single memory that is original. Everything to your, that has happened to you in your life has happened to somebody else out there. I'm telling you, it has. And the moment that you're able to open up and start talking about these things, like no bullshit, just being honest, everything changes. You realize, how much you were living in your own little world, how much you were overthinking everything. Sometimes just being honest is the way to go. The last and final thing I wanted to talk about was something that's really near and dear to my heart, and that's food guilt around the holidays. This is something that I can successfully say I no longer struggle with, but it has taken years for me to get to this point, and I don't even think that I've struggled with it to the amount that a lot of other people have. Thanksgiving is coming up in a few days, and I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to talk about food guilt, specifically with Thanksgiving. Maybe you're somebody who doesn't eat leading up to Thanksgiving, and then you indulge and you binge when the day comes, or maybe you are somebody who just eats little to nothing because you're worried about gaining weight around the holidays, or you're worried about looking bloated in your cute outfit. Whatever the reason is, know that you're not alone. Around the holidays, I would restrict a lot when I was a teenager. I just had this need to be skinny. I just needed and wanted to be skinny. And let me tell you, holiday food, it's not gonna get you there around the holidays, or at least that's what my 15-year-old self thought. I grew up thinking that I never had an eating disorder, ever. I never had an issue eating food, but I did have this obsession with being skinny. I feel like I had like a closet eating disorder. <laughs> I remember when I was in the ninth grade, I had these little white things in my pee 
and my mom took me to the doctor. It was so long ago, so don't mark my words on that specific thing, but he was saying that basically my body was eating at itself because I wasn't feeding it enough. I kind of just brushed that off. I kind of just brushed that off and continued to play sports, continued to try to look pretty and ignore all of the red flags that happened around me when it came to disordered eating and food guilt. And a fun fact, I literally spent my entire life telling my family and friends that I hated Thanksgiving because I genuinely didn't like the food. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Do you like mashed potatoes? Do you like turkey? Do you like mac and cheese? Do you like pumpkin pie? Like what? Of course I like that food. Like what do you mean? And I had literally convinced everyone around me and myself that I actually did not like Thanksgiving dinner. But in reality, I was just forcing myself to have a very, very small amount of food because I wanted to be skinny. And I hated how I would feel bloated after eating Thanksgiving dinner and how I would want to take a nap. So instead, I just didn't. And what's really interesting is as I became an adult, the roles kind of reversed. As a teenager, I had issues with not eating around Thanksgiving. But the first three years of my 20s, I actually did the opposite. I had issues with binging around Thanksgiving. I wouldn't eat the night before, or I wouldn't eat the entire day before, and then I would wake up on Thanksgiving day and I would get a Starbucks coffee, but I wouldn't eat anything until the time of the food, which was usually around like three, four o'clock in the afternoon. And again, I never really thought that there was an issue with doing this. And if I'm being honest with you, like there's like a 20% part of me that still has those toxic thoughts in my head. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you're gonna be consuming more calories in the later of the day. So what's wrong with not consuming any in the beginning of the day to balance it out? But it's the fact that it's one fucking day, you guys. It's the fact that it's one season, one fucking season. If we're talking about Christmas, Christmas, Christmas Eve, and Thanksgiving. Let's add New Year's Eve and New Year's Day to that. That's five days out of the year. So why is there a need for me to not eat the day before? Why is there a need for me to not eat the morning of? Why do I need to do that? If it's not an issue, then why do I need to do that if it's only five days out of the year? And that's when I realized, okay, like I have some toxic things that I need to work through myself. Like this is how I grew up. I grew up in the 2000s where everyone was supposed to be skinny and the skinny was in and it's so hard even now to still like get that out of my head. So honestly, keeping accountability for myself and calling myself out when I think or say toxic things, that's the first step to getting through it and getting better. So fast forward, I'm 25 and I'm so excited for Thanksgiving this year. I'm so excited for Christmas this year and all the food that comes with it. I will be eating the day before and I will be eating the breakfast of. Something else that can really help is telling yourself affirmations while you eat, reminding yourself and giving yourself permission to eat the food that you are going to eat around the holidays can really help when you're dealing with food guilt as well. The best way to really attack your issues when it comes to food guilt is to really ask yourself why you were having the guilt in the first place. Nine times out of 10, food guilt comes from mistaken beliefs about yourself, your body, and the foods that you eat. When I realized that I kind of grew up in an environment around people who really cared about their looks, and when I looked back on all the shows and movies that I used to watch where the bigger girl is always kind of the loser in the group or never the main character or maybe because there was no plus size or size inclusive models back in that time. When I was able to kind of look back in my life and realize why it is that I was feeling 
this guilt around food and my body, I was really able to kind of forgive that past version of myself and learn new healthy ways to go about the way I think about food and my body. But if you are dealing with food guilt or dysfunctional family gatherings, financial setbacks, or winter blues this season, please know that you're not alone. Holidays can honestly be tough, especially when it's supposed to be the best time of the year. But unfortunately for a lot of us, that's just not the reality. And it's okay to talk about these things and it's okay to feel negative around this time of year. Your feelings are valid and anybody who tells you that you're not can suck a fat one. Was that too much? <laughs> I told you it was gonna be a no bullshit podcast. I was talking to a childhood friend the other day and she told me that on social media, I tend to hide the like rougher side of me. So I thought this podcast would be a perfect opportunity for you guys to actually get to understand and know who I really am. <laughs> But that is it for today's episode of the Self-Care Conversations podcast. Thank you so much if you have watched up to this point. Don't forget to give us a follow on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok under Self-Care Creations Podcast. And if you want to follow me in my personal journey of life in my 20s, you can do that on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube under Self-Care with Carissa. You can tune in to the Self-Care Conversations podcast every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. I hope you guys have an amazing Thanksgiving and don't forget to be kind to your mind. Have a great day. Goodbye guys.